Welcome back to the Rugby Rant fans. Once again, an opportunity to be able to run, pass or kick here in our live interviews every Monday at 8 p.m. CST. But again, let me introduce myself. My name is Ty Braga, the host of today's activities alongside Scott, the big guy Ferrara. And in the absence, of course, of Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott will be taking his place as the quiz master, delivering the questions to the way of our guest, the man of the honor, or man of the show, man of the moment, whatever phrase you want to use. Of course, we have the pleasure of introducing Sabercats head coach, that is Mr. Paul Healy. Paul, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks. Pleasure to be on here and uh, looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, you know what? I want to take an opportunity before we dive into our run parcel kick and we hand it over to Scott to explain how it works if you're new. I want to remind everybody that Paul not only is at the helm for the Sabercats uh, as the head coach, but he's a man who's got a rich rugby history, a resume that is longer than my arm, and some of those notable standouts on his CV include Stade Francais, Swansea RFC. Uh, you can go on to the national teams of Chile. You worked with Uruguay in the World Cup campaigns, Germany in their uh, hopeful entry to the World Cup. Um, but, you know, you travel the world doing what you do. As an Australian native, it has really obviously followed you, I imagine, from a very young age, and you've dedicated your life to rugby, and you've now dedicated yourself to, of course, Major League Rugby's Houston franchise at the Sabercats. So it is truly an honor to be able to have you with us here today. But before I go any further, it's more important that we remind all our viewers how it works. So to run you through it, we're going to hand the ball to Scott. Hey, everybody. So if you don't know how these RPK uh, interviews work, it's the run, pass, or kick interview. So we give our guests three choices. Um, we're going to preface every question with run, pass, or kick, and they can run with the ball. They can take it straight on, answer the question. Um, you know, we, we've had a lot of people answer a lot of the questions, and it's been fun, especially the big forwards. They love rumbling with the ball. Uh, the second option is the pass. That's when uh, – you know, our interviewee can just pass on the question. They sidestep it. They don't want to answer it, And that's always okay. And then the last option is the kick option. This is probably the most fun option. Uh, Paul has the opportunity to kick it back to me or Ty that question. And then we will answer to the best of our ability of what we think he would answer. And he could tell us if we were, you know, spot on or if, if we were really, really off the mark. But before we go forward, you know, I just want to talk about, you know, Paul's wearing it. Ty's wearing it. I'm wearing it. We're wearing some great MLR gear, and you can pick up all your MLR gear at shopmlr.com. Shopmlr.com has hats. They have shirts. They have hoodies. If they had, I mean, they should really step it up and get underwear because, you know, the big guy would be wearing Rooney underwear 24-7. <laughs> but honestly, they have things like this Utah hat that I can't stop wearing. And, and I almost showed up to the Rooney home match this past weekend with the Utah hat because I forgot I was wearing it because I wear it so much. Um, I mean, it's a ton of selection. Just about every team is on there. Go to shopmlr.com for all your MLR merch. You know what, uh, Scott? Sorry to interrupt you, but I think you're onto some gold there, by the way, with the <laughs> underwear thing. Let me tell you why. I already got the advert in my head. It's like, imagine you got your Sabercats undies, and it's like, I support my team because they support me. <laughs> there we go. It's a picture. It's a picture of me and Rooney underwear and Todd Clever in his underwear. Because as we know, Todd Clever is the first rugby uh, player to do the uh, the ESPN bodies issue. So it would be me and Clever, kind of you know, together in our 
and I really I can hear. see all the marketing campaigns. MLR, shop MLR, get on this, and you can thank the rugby <laughs> rand for it. Paul's like, I did not sign up for this <laughs> show talking about underwear. <laughs> if, if, if that question was asked of me, I'd be kicking back to you, Ty. <laughs> he just wants to get rid of it in any way possible offload no matter where it is hospital pass <laughs> oh, but um i actually have the uh the uh the first question paul for you so we're gonna start off run pass or kick on sunday our very own rob hammerschmidt covered the post-match press conference run pass or kick is he the only guy you have ever had to use the wrong name of the man of the match <laughs> um, I think I'll kick that back. Wait, who are you kicking that to? Oh, okay. Well, I, I think over the years you've probably seen some comical moments. Um, I'm going to say yes. It's the first time you've had somebody who got the name of the man of the match wrong. And the reason I say that is mostly because it doesn't matter if it's true. I just want to make sure everybody knows Rob went on and got got it wrong. wrong. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're probably right. But uh, he did a good job in the interview after he realized what happened. So he did a good job. Well, you know what's even funnier is he's the one who wrote that question. So he obviously wanted it out there. He's a good sport about it. And uh, that just goes to show the nature of our show and why we like what we do. Yeah, I think uh, Luke Beecham actually really handled it well himself. Sort of done from there. Well, I have the opportunity to deliver the next question. So once again, Paul, you know the rules. It's run pass or kick so given the three options here lies the question let's turn it to a little bit more of a serious note and uh how important are these press conferences to the organization uh in both engaging rugby communities and elevating the professionalism of the team run pass or kick what's your answer oh i'll run with that um the reason being is like obviously as a head coach or whoever you might be uh, get interviewed is, I think it's important uh, for, for you to fart, win, lose or draw and, you know, deliver the right message to, to the people that, that want to listen to it. Obviously, you know, if you win, it's an easier, it's an easier questions, but it's also easier answers. But um, I think for the face of MLR, the people watching and the fans to try and understand firstly the game, but also understand the emotions, I guess, of win, lose or draw and uh, you being able to get that message across. Right, yeah, that's I a, love that. that. Yep. Continue, Scott. That, that, that's, yeah, sorry, that's a great answer and I think that's something that we have to teach uh, also the, the players of the MLR how to do this because if we want to get to the upper echelons, some of these players not coming from a professional background previously have to learn these skills. So, you know, it's good to, you know, maybe it was great that Rob made the mistake and, and Luke had to kind of on the fly, just kind of roll with it and, and, you know, get, get through it as best he could. So um, it, it was very interesting. Honestly, we, we, we had a big laugh at Rob's expense. It, it was great for us, but um, I'm glad that, that Luke, you know, really did, did his professional thing to get through it, you know? Yeah, well, well, that's right, Scotty, you know, like, but as a coach or as a staff, you know, as a management team, you know, when, when especially coming into the MLR, you, for me, being a musician, 
you really have to make sure that the right people are interviewed until everyone understands the processes because you need to send the right message and give the right Obviously, being able to, you know, speak in front of a camera and, and be comfortable to do that. Absolutely. It, it takes practice. So I have the next question. And um, Ty had gone over your CV, Paul. So run, pass, or kick. You're quite well-traveled. Um, what experiences did you have outside of the MLR that you bring to the head coaching job at Houston? Uh, I'll run with that. Um Obviously, I am well-travelled, and, and, and the reason being is that Australia is such a small rugby nation, really, in the context of a lot of uh, places around the world, that you have to make a decision. If you want to chase your dream and and chase your passion, then you've got to go outside the square and, and try and um, get your foot in the ground. And so as a coach, then you just um, – you just – you just have to do that and make sacrifices. And I'm lucky that I'm in a situation where I'm able to do that. You know, my, my, my children have grown up and things like that. So all that being equal, um, yeah, it's just obviously when you coach in different countries and you you don't speak the language initially, then you rely a lot on a lot of different things. But what you do have to do is go right back and to the basics of your coaching and work really hard to deliver simple messages, and I think that's developed me as a coach over the last 10 or 12 years um, in, into where I am now. So that's that's the good part about that, you know, and obviously to learn the culture and bringing in um, different things that you've learned around the place. And obviously here in Houston, we, we it's quite known that we do have a diversified uh, culture in our team and a lot of cultures which which is great because it's it's brings together a lot of people and a lot of different personalities and cultures, obviously, as I said. And um, I think me being in that position previously where, you know, I can speak a bit of Spanish and, and things like that, well, you know, just sort of creates that really good environment to be around and players and also staff feel comfortable about it. So. Yeah, it's so wonderful to be able to think about how rugby has truly become a global sport that it can open up doors to almost everywhere, whether it be in your team close to home where you have access to to play, playing with guys from across the globe, uh, whether it be from New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Fiji, wherever. You know, it's such a multicultural sport, as you say, and it kind of fosters that, uh, that spirit inside it that we learn from each other. And uh, as you say, you learn all these things along the way. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting you say that you got an opportunity to learn a little bit of each language. And you, you know, you've been all over. I didn't even cover most of it. I mean, obviously, we spoke about Chile. You've been to Spain, Romania even. You know, if I had to learn a little bit of each language, I'd only come out with the bad words, right? So did you come out with anything good? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, good. But, you know, sort of, you know, living in France and when I left, I was sort of quite quite good at French and obviously being away from it and out in the environment, you don't hear it, you don't speak it, you right. sort of lose a little bit. But then obviously, you know, DC and with Uruguay and um, Spain and a few places like that, um, it comes back to you. And then obviously now with a few of the Argentinian guys and then, you know, Diego, you know, the Uruguay, it's, right. it's actually refreshing because obviously you don't speak 
that language all the time, but it's just nice. You can say hello and goodbye and have a small conversation and, you know, right. it's, um, you know, but credit it, to them, those, those guys speak imagine, pretty good English, you know. Yeah, I imagine it builds rapport with those players too. And, you know, on that yeah. note, yeah. I want you to be able to have that in mind, all that experience, how you've used it to be able to become a better coach. Here lies the next question then, Paul. So, again, run, pass, or kick. If we had to ask one of the Sabercats players this question, what kind of coach is Paul and what values does he hold dear? What do you think they would say? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, oh, right. uh, oh, look, you know, obviously over the years you <laughs> – you go through some highs and lows and some, you know, good things and bad things. But I, I, I sort of coached with John Connolly, who was ended up being the Wallaby coach, and he was a great mentor to me. So I tried to take out the good things and learn off him. But, uh, look, I, I, I like – we've got a great focus group and, and we've got a great uh, – a great team of, 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 we've got a great squad. So I, I'm sort of – I've mellowed over the years a bit. So it's um, – <laughs> You know, it's it's you learn to do things differently. I like to engage the focus group, and I'm a sort of a people. But I like our players to be able to take responsibility and be accountable for a lot of things. So um, I them I let them try and do things as much as I can with me overseeing it with the. So um, I, I think I'm a hard. I'm hard, but I'm fair. And one thing we've got is the Sabre Cats is, is is sort of an open and transparent communication uh, every day, and 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 you know I always speak to the players if they're not in the squad, and I like to be face to face with them. So I guess you know I, I hope they think that I know a few things about rugby, and they would say that you know he's quite a knowledgeable coach and he's experienced, and you know as I said. Um, you know, you need that. You need that uh, open and honest communication with your players and with your coaching staff because, uh, at the end of the day, the, the players more so are the ones actually doing the job on the field for you. You know, absolutely. And I, you know, that would be my assessment of you. I mean, the knowledge you bring from coaching all over the globe and you know talking about those different aspects and even you know changes in language, it gives you a broader horizon on rugby. So, speaking to that, we're going to go. Um, we're going to ask you a question about MLR experience um, run pass or kick. This is a two-parter. I guess Rob, when he was writing these was like, let's give Paul some, some more questions, uh, <laughs> some more multi-part questions apparently. But um, so run pass or kick, what aspect of coaching in the MLR do you most enjoy and what aspect do you least enjoy? Uh Look, I'll, I'll run with that. I, I'm, you know, I mean, just to get a chance to run, don't I? So, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's um, – actually, can I pass it to you, Scott? Absolutely. So, I mean – I think most enjoy is just game day, and I think every coach enjoys game day. I know when I coach youth football, I coach uh, American football youth. You know, the it's the the practices over the week lead up to the the joy of just coaching on game day, win, lose, or draw. 
And probably the least aspect is probably to to tell a player that they didn't make the the, the twenty three day uh, the twenty three man squad that day. I mean, it's always, you know, sometimes no matter how hard a guy works, he just isn't there, or you know, he didn't have a good week, and you, you have to tell him he's not on the twenty three day or the twenty three man squad for the the this week. And it has to be hard as a coach, especially since you see these guys every day and you do build that rapport. Yeah, you're correct, mate. You know, so you know, game day for me is. I actually like game day because sort of it's out of your control by the time it gets to the game. You just hope you've done all your preparation and you and you you before you get there. So that's when sort of more of the players take over. And um, yeah, look, I, I think the second part of that question is what do I least enjoy is um, probably not telling players like if you're not with them, then those players accept that and. If you give them, you know, the reasons why and look for outcomes and things like that, then they've got things to work. I guess, I guess the least part in my small, small part of the MLR is is there's a lot of travel, or not so much a lot of travel, but takes you a long way, long time to get somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's 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 a bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. I th- I thought you would have said if you had kicked it to me, Paul. And you're like, what's the least like you know thing that you enjoy least? And it'd be like this. <laughs> <laughs> these shows, no, you know well, you have I, I, great support. No, no, I enjoy these shows. I enjoy these I, shows, Ty, because one is first of all you're promoting the MLR and you're promoting your team, and you get an opportunity to, to be you know right. speaking with guys who actually know. And working hard to build that, build that rapport and um, relationship between people who don't understand rugby and people who try to understand it and do understand it, I think it's terrific. Yeah, well, thank you very much. We're going to use that as a testimonial now. <laughs> but, you know, let's let's jump back into the question and focus on the players a little bit more here. And I got the next question lined up for you, Paul. So run past he'll kick again. Parents always say that they love all their children differently, right? And it is probably true for coaches with respect to their players. Having said that, who is that player that you most enjoy watching play some rugby? Uh, I might pass that to Scott. (laughs) I mean, right. Okay, so... I'm going to use a point in time. I'm going to say right now it's Nick Boyer. I think it, me personally watching Nick play, he's playing out of his mind. He's obviously, you know, have he, him coming into the squad and making an immediate impact has changed the way and the the not the mindset but the morale of the players. I think in Houston after the first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Look, I, I you know as a coach, I don't like single out, but you know on the back. To the question, um, Nick had a, obviously you know had a point to prove, and he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously a, a, a very knowledgeable and he's very rounded rugby player. And yeah, he 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 did he did bring us something different and probably something we needed at that time. Um, but you know, uh, singling out Nick apart from that, you know, as I said, we've got a hard working, a hard working good group of guys. So. Uh, if you singled out Nick, then you know that's that's what people see, and and obviously we see that as a staff. But um, 
yeah, so, you know, as I said, he's yeah. something something that we probably needed at the time with the vet injured and a few other things happening. So um, it's it's been it's it's been good having come into the squad. Yeah, I agree yeah, no, with, yeah. with the with with Scott though. Just for a moment, be, yeah. to linger on that one, Nick, we had the opportunity to interview back when he was still a Giltini, right? I mean, I think they were doing the preseason camp in uh, Hawaii then. Um, but nevertheless, what a great talent, right? But a talent like that, mm-hmm. if he didn't have the opportunity to get the game time that I would personally love to have seen him get. You know, all all good to him and great for, for the Sabercats who can go, hey, let's take a player of this nature. A guy who's got an extra pep in his step for us, uh, absolutely. And, you know, from a viewer's point, uh, you know, as a fan, just a casual fan too, he's a guy that made himself a, a part of almost every play that he could, naturally is as, as a nine, but just kind of slotted in so easily and it was entertaining to watch as a result. Um, and that's, you know, every player has that. Uh, to a certain degree and you know and this past game was pretty exciting as well for that same reason and I'm not going to dwell on it too much because I don't want to kind of step into some other questions so I'll hand it back to uh to Scott uh to tell us what he thinks as we uh need to be able to pay the lights from uh, uh so hand it over to you buddy so Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, and the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff will ensure that you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tighthead's Tap Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of Major League Rugby um, and, you know, the derbies, the matches, I mean, we got some big ones this week, you know, and and they're doing this all through the uh, 2021 season. So join us for the week six watch party as the New England Free Jacks, boo, <laughs> take on Old Glory DC, boo, Sunday, April 25th at 2.30 p.m. I had to do that, guys. Come on. Um, the watch parties will happen every week through the season up to the Major League Rugby final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tight Head Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tight Head. It's worth more than a try. So as we go on to our next segment, um, we're going to the quick tap segment, Paul. So again, this is just a little fun. It's a little either or. So we have about five of them real quick. So we'll go through them. So better beer, Victoria Bitter or Carbach? Carbach. Awesome. So the, the, the second one is making me laugh a little bit. Better might. Vegemite or Marmite? <laughs> no doubt. You said Vegemite? Yes. It's like every Australian is like born with this, like they have to love Vegemite. I don't get it, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it, but I... I tasted Marmite and I tasted Vegemite, and there's there's daylight between the first and the second. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, if, if a little Australian so, if treasure for you there, then. <laughs> um, yeah. The next one is the most anticipated away venue, L.A. or San Diego. Um, probably both because I've never been to any of them. 
<laughs> that's a good answer. You know what? That that's a great. You know, that's a man who's traveled well. Who said, you know, I've never been right. to a place I want to go to both. That's a great. I actually I really like that answer. Um, so the next one, Rob is. And is you know, so Scott, if we can go to yep. LA, if we go to LA and San Diego and get a win from each venue, then they will be my favorite cities in the world. <laughs> there you now, go. Just, you know, that that's the is the perfect answer. answer. That just became even better, like a whole new layer yeah. there. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's a great answer for bad coach. Um, so the next one is winner of a Southern Hemisphere battle: the All Blacks or the Springboks? Um, because of the rivalry across the Tasman rivalry, as much as I am thinking hard about this, it's the Springboks. <laughs> of Amen, course, brother. <laughs> of course. Extra and then we're coming for Paul Healy. He gets a bonus point <laughs> try on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ty. This, Thanks, this is why we don't let Ty I'm keep score. <laughs> yeah, this is why we don't <laughs> let Ty keep score. So the last one. So there, there's a recently announced uh, New Zealand uh, versus uh, Eagles match. Um, what's a better venue city, Las Vegas or L.A.? Um. I think probably LA. I mean, I guess if you go to Vegas, you're probably going to get a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of people that will travel in and time in Vegas and spend money and go and watch a rugby game. But I guess there's a lot of history there with LA and I'm assuming they played at the Coliseum and different things like that. So um, emotionally, you'd probably go to LA. Financially, you'd probably go to Vegas. But... um, it's just as long as they put on a good spectacle and, you know, just on that, it's just great for the USA to be playing a, a, a top of that in, in the build-up, you know. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I know Scott, myself, and Rob all agree that you need to be playing competition higher than your level to be able to become even greater at what you do. Um, and that's an interesting yeah. debate. You know, there's a lot of people talking about it online. And if you want to be able to learn what we think about it from the Rugby Rant, make sure you tune into the next Rant debate, which will be coming out this Thursday evening, where we as a team on the Rugby Rant will be debating that very same point, whether it's a good idea, bad idea to be able to have this game held at Vegas or whether you believe the USA Eagles shouldn't be playing the All Blacks at all because of whatever reason. So we're going to be talking about that in our next episode between myself, Scott, and we'll have Roland Pratt from the Old Road to Old Glory uh, podcast. And uh, of course, we'll also be having Tennis, uh, who represents Rugby Coffee, joining us for that one. But that aside, I will deliver the next question to you, Paul. So here we go. Run, pass, or kick once again. Looking back over the past few games, Sabercats have had some inconsistent results. Most notably, the Sabercats mm-hmm. were held to a two uh, or back-to-back zero score line games against the Free Jacks and then the Gilgronies. Now, with that in mind, um, a lot of people online took to social media uh, and was a light with fans pointing fingers of blame towards coaching staff, player assignments. They're just kind of pointing fingers everywhere, right? Because that's what people do, right? When 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 the cards are, are, are dealt that way. So more importantly, let's get to the important question here. How tough was this for the team to see their fans lash out 
And what did you do to help motivate your team ahead of the LA Giltini's matchup? Oh, look, firstly, you know, I don't, personally, I don't read anything on social media because we were discussing before the show, you know, opinions, everyone. And, right. you know, you respect that. But look, if I read social media, boys, I'd be in the, in the nut house over the years. So. <laughs> That's uh, true, I don't really right? Take much notice, and yeah, it's definitely true. And if people do that, then you, you, you start to second guess yourself. And you know, after two donuts, you know, we were, you know, obviously I had to go back and and, and sort of um, try to come up with all of that was going to work for us. And we just we changed a few things in our game plan and how we played the game. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we just did a few things differently. And 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 that's that was a group. Group effort, you know, I presented it to the group and they said, okay, well, you know, let's stay positive. And there was never any negativity in the group, even after two losses. And, and you know, I spoke to the group and said, it wasn't that we lost, it was how we lost the game. And they accepted that challenge. And, you know, credit to them and the coaching staff and stuff. We just, as I said, we, we just rearranged our game plan and our strategy a little bit. And, you know, the proof was in the pudding against San Diego. And then, you know, it was a very, very hot match against the Giltinis. And we put them in a, in a, in a we probably put them in a place where they haven't been this year at all. When we're actually in front for 68 minutes and, you know, we're putting pressure on them and through whatever reason with, you know, some missed opportunities in execution. Uh, we weren't able to close the door on them. But, you know, as I said, we, we just, um, tweaked a few things and the guys got some confidence out of that and um, it just all sort of came together against San Diego. They, they dug in and they hung in and they, you know, they had some belief in themselves and they trusted in each other and and then, um, you know, on the back of that, we've gone from, from two don't scoring tries and two games and getting a four try bonus. You know, it's just rugby's like that, but you've just got to be realistic and, and, and get a helicopter view of, okay, we're we going in the right direction. Um, do I have the players to be able to play the, the, the play the game that we want to play or do we have to adjust a few things to get some results? I, yeah, I think most coaches in professional sports are, and even, you know, in the United States, you know, NCAA coaches, they don't look at the social media because, you know, again, like you said, everybody has an opinion and sometimes you don't need to hear it to be honest. But my question is looking back on the LA match. I mean, you really punched him in the mouth. The first three quarters of that match, um, you went toe to toe to the bitter end against a conference opponent. Um, you guys showed up to play, but you know, unfortunately you dropped it at the end. So run pass or kick, would you have changed anything about your game plan? you know, now kind of Monday morning quarterbacking it? Um, I'll run with that, no. Yeah. I mean, as you said, you know, as you said, it's just we had the right plan. We just, you know, at times our execution and our decision-making let us down. And, right, um, yeah. you know, we'll learn from that and take that away. And, you know, we know that, that – we can compete with that team or any other team if we execute the game plan and, and, and stick stick rigid to it. And, you know, as I said to you, it was pleasing. Whilst we lost the game, it was pleasing that really we're able to put pressure on this team. And, you know, I, I think a lot of other teams will take things out of that and 
I think the Giltinis are beatable whilst they got all the stars and everything, you know, um, but they were good enough to win the game in the end, so. Right. You know, I, I, I got to tell you from, from my personal viewpoint, and I'm sure there are others who feel the same way as me, the first matchup of, of the season, right, I actually had the Sabercats to win. And there wasn't many people who, who said the same thing. They did, right? So I stuck to my guns. I'm like, hey, man, this is the team. This is the yeah. I love it. I love it. And and like fans, there's there's valleys and hills in the emotions. You spoke about those emotions being so important, right? Because people get invested. That's why they lash out. But it's it's neither here nor there. I mean, social media, as you say, is a beast in its own. And you shouldn't take any of it to heart, really. But as Scott had pointed out, to come back and be the one team who has truly, for as long a period, fought against the, the Giltinis, when people have been saying, who's going to be the one to stop them? Are they unstoppable? We on the show had a, had an episode where we were asking the same question, right? And then to be able to see the Sabercats go toe-to-toe for as long as you did um, was amazing to be able to see, and it personifies the spirit of a rugby team to be able to come back from when you're down and to be able to lift yourself up by the bootstraps uh, shows character to the team, uh, the players uh, and the organization, everybody from the top to the bottom, because it's not just one person that makes it happen. As you so pointed out many a time in this conversation, Paul. Um, So I'm pretty sure while this may have fallen a couple of yards short of that finish line, um, there'll be other times where you'll be crossing it with the victory in hand. Yeah, thanks, mate. I hope you're right. But it was—it's a collective effort, you know. And um, uh, now, you know, now we've set benchmark. We can't drop back below that again. We've had those those peaks and troughs, and now we just need to keep peaking and and just fix up a few things. And you know, if if things go away, then you know, want to keep improving. Can the team see San Diego benchmarked us because you know, obviously they were they're a great team in themselves and to get that win and then put up a performance uh, like we did for such a long time in that game against the Giltinis, it just shows, just goes, shows credit and the just credit to the character and, and uh, right. the resilience of our group, you know. I love that. Yeah. And let's focus on, on, on the players for a moment because, you know, while all of them deserve credit, there are some notable standouts you know, consistently that produce great results. And what we want to be able to do in the show, as you know, is to be able to help rugby grow uh, or grow rugby one fan at a time. And often fans want to be able to tune in, especially when they're new, and they want to learn the game as quickly as possible. And one of the ways they could do that is by following players. So if you were new to rugby, uh, or if you were talking to somebody new to rugby, who are some of the standout players in the Sabercats team that people should know about if they're new to rugby, run, pass, or kick? Um, I think I might kick that because, you know, I like all my players. and look. At, but if I was new standout, you know, I think I'll kick that to you. Well, okay. I think, and this might just be because, you know, we like them a lot, but – and I. I picked this guy one because he's going to come up in a, in a in a future question, but two, me and Rob talk about this guy constantly. I'm going to say Bronson Tellis. He's a young guy, um, you know, drafted by Dallas, then drafted by you guys in the supplemental draft. And I think one 
there's two things. One, obviously, the way he plays is just outstanding. He's that guy that always has that motor running 100% of the time. The second reason is it shows you the pathway through the draft that players can take and still be on the team and excel on a team, which is something that people weren't sure about when the draft happened. Yeah, that's fair enough. And look, on the back of Bronson, you know, I, I, I can speak openly about he's a terrific kid. He's like a sponge. He just wants to learn and, and get better and better. And um, and he's only young, you know. So it's been a – it's get him um, earlier than that. But obviously uh, things happen and the ball didn't bounce our way and he ended up at Dallas. But, um, you know, just a, a lovely kid that's definitely focused on, on where he wants to go. And uh, he's, you know, if he stays in the direction, he's, he's got a big future ahead of him because, uh, you know, he'll probably have a second row at some stage if he keeps eating whatever he's eating, those bananas he's eating, <laughs> so bigger and bigger. And, look, he wants to learn. And, and, look, on the back of Bronson, you've also got Connor Mooningham, who's, who's mm-hmm. you know, he's doing really well at Austin as well. So, look, there is a future for these kids and, you know, we've got a, an Academy team, rugby hates you. A major franchises have got these teams, and obviously, it's your college drafts, and you try and do your combine camps and stuff. Because, as you guys well know, that there's athletes out there; they just need to be identified and then brought in and be able to develop and 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 just keep growing the USA, you know, rugby in the USA, but through the MLR and through these academies and you know, it's going to happen. It's just, you know, make sure that you've got the right people in the right jobs and all all aiming for the one goal. And, you know, as the USA is such a massive uh, a massive bucket for talent that, you know, it's just a bit of patience and, and some d- discipline in trying to get these um, and develop them after that. Absolutely. And a shout-out to the HTX team. I know they played uh, on Saturday – wasn't the result they wanted. I think they lost 10 to 5. But again, putting the players out there just to get the experience to get that that academy mm. system more up and running and get it where it needs to be. It's great to see them playing their matches now. Um, so the next question comes to That's me. Right, so. Scotty. This I'll just I'll just interrupt you there. Sorry. Um it's okay. You know, it's a great pathway. And you know, we've got three kids, th- kids or kids, three guys now that have come <laughs> through from HTX because of the services. And obviously the domestic players, and and we've got three of those boys in the squad. But the other thing I like is, and it doesn't happen a lot here, that our game on Saturday night, you had Rugby HTX playing the Dallas Reds. So what that's going to do is, if you look, put your your marketing and growth on, you know, their their friends, their golf boyfriends, or and then you know families come and watch them, and then it just grows and grows and grows. And they stay around for the Sabercats game. And, you know, if they stayed around the other night, they would have gone, wow, this this rugby, it's not too bad. You know, you get in there for 80 minutes and you play more than, you know, the ball's in play for more than eight minutes and not like the NFL. And, you know, it's a spectacle and got people just walk away thinking, well, I'm going to come back. And I guess that's what you want. But back what I'm trying to say is that, you're given these rugby HTXs and you're given the Dallas Reds and whoever it might be, Atlanta, and the, you're giving them opportunity to play in a big stadium and play some rugby and then hang around and, and, and learn and watch and, and aspire to be a Sabre Cat or whoever it might be, you know. 
Absolutely. And, and that was one of the reasons I like being a season ticket holder for Rooney is they do offer a lot of curtain raisers like that, whether it's FDNY versus NYPD, whether it's, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of, they had a lot of women's matches playing, you know, D1 women's matches. So that was, that's always a great thing about open uh, curtain raisers in rugby. So the next question really kind of goes to your injury front. You know, the Sabercats have had a, you know, a, a lot of injuries, unfortunately this season, but you know, rugby is a, a game of attrition. So run pass or kick Zach Pangelinen had a great intercept, um, but was only stopped when he had a leg injury. Um, it, it looked like he was going to go the distance. And unfortunately, you know, it, it's, that's that's sport. So run pass or kick. Can you give us a, an update on his status? Oh, I can run with that, guys. Obviously, I'll just go back a little bit there. I think I think a lot of teams are probably in the same situation or, or nearly there, you know, with the injury front because it was obviously a, a shortened preseason and for where we want to be uh, and how we want to, you know, play the game and be in that, in that stand. That shortened preseason. Now we did. A, unfortunately, we had a couple of injuries, but that was did the things, and um, that's not because that you know we've got a great head of performance and, and a great uh, medical staff. So um, yeah, we've had a couple of Val season-ending Val Laleo, Diego Fortuny season-ending, Kieran Farmer season-ending. So you know we haven't had a very good uh, bounce of the ball, but look. That's why you have a squad, and that's why you do all your due diligence and you recruit the, the you know people to have that depth. But on the on the back of Zach, I think he's I think he was I think he's okay. He's just probably a grade one hamstring tear or something like that. But um, you know Zach, he was just a bit nervous in that period of time because it didn't uh, you know it didn't look great. It looks like you know it looks like a sniper from the grandstand shot him, and he and he fell over, but. Um, he's going to be okay, boys. So the other thing is, you know, you, you've got to take your hat off to a guy like Zach Pangelin. He's he's a, just a 100% guy and a great guy to have in your team and around the team. But, you know, he can still play rugby. But what amazed me was all that happened, he still had the awareness to pop the pass up to Taylor and we scored a try. Like, you know, that's a goal for me. Absolutely. It was, it was a great play. I mean, it was, it was a great play in that, in how it looked up into a certain point. And you're right. His awareness to get that offload, to keep the play going to score was it, it in the moment. I think you just, you kind of like, let's complete the play and we'll worry about myself later. And it's good to hear that he's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we were worried about him. Yeah. He's, he's going to be okay. But you know, like if you get back Gleans in your squad, you, you, you're pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, Ty, I think your mic's off, buddy. <laughs> it would probably help if I unmuted myself. Note to self. Um, I do that far too often, by the way. That's why Scott's laughing. We are the consummate professionals on board uh, the rugby yeah. rand, always, right? Nevertheless, I digress. Paul has already answered uh, through the course of this conversation a couple of the questions we had coming up. So I'm going to... Uh, Jump ahead here, one Scott, um, because you spoke about the HD, HTX and, of course, its place in rugby growth and development. You spoke about how that's being included in the game day itinerary at Aviva Stadium, but it also goes down to some of the youth organizations. There's uh, some flag rugby that's being introduced. You know, I love that about Houston recognizes that rugby is about community and bringing people together. 
and for a place to enjoy it, it as so great as Eviva is, which is of course now in the absence of Colorado in uh, MLR, the only purpose-built rugby stadium in MLR right now. So let me come to, to ask you the, the question I have in mind. What is, apart from HTX and the flag rugby football that we spoke about, what is Houston doing to engage the rugby community and to bring people to the stadium? And what is your experience on game day that you have seen from fans? The boys have done a good job. Obviously, COVID sort of um, put a spike in everything. You know, it's just we've Taylor had and we, we've got a, a go around and they coach and, and things like that. And, run that for us and they have a job so they, they've got, you know, any, any school that wants any rugby stuff, they, they're trying to get it into their sports curriculum and, um, you know, so they, they're doing a good job uh, with all the conditions that they have to uh, abide by. So with all that going on, like you said, Ty, with the flag rugby and they got women's and they have sevens tournaments and, you know, you've got college rugby that's played at Aviva as well and, um high school rugby and, and with Taylor and his team of boys who are actually some of the Sabercats players, uh, one, get out there and do the coaching and rugby, but also it's it's it's, uh, it's the Sabercats, you know, the boys wear the gear and stuff. So, look, um, if, if we're in a different world at the moment, that would be a different conversation because it would just be growing and growing and... Um, you know, look, obviously people see, you know, the HTX and the Sabercats and stuff like that. And as you alluded to, Ty, you know, like Aviva's a wonderful facility. Like it's, you know, it's just fantastic. We're so lucky that we've got a management group that's given us that facility. And uh, uh, it's growing all the time. As I said it's just at the moment with what's going on. But um, it, it's happening as we speak, you know, it just just keeps growing and growing and hopefully once all we get back to some sort of normality that then, you know, all the hard work they've done will, will, um, will convert into um, success for the rugby development right. in Houston, you know. You know, to further on that point, we were fortunate enough uh, a little while back, I'm not even sure how far back, but maybe about four or five weeks, we had JT on the show, of course, Sabercats president, and he spoke right. about that game day yeah. experience being very different under COVID. But what it is, is laying that foundation for when things come back to quote unquote normal, right? But even under these kind of confined yeah. times, I believe he said that the first game's attendance was somewhere in the ballpark of about 17 or 1800 seats that were filled, which is just about as many as you could hold under the COVID restrictions. So a very, very encouraging result to be able to see that. And you almost have to wonder if all, you know, if this COVID uh, situation didn't exist and there was a full season uh, in its normal capacity, the right building blocks are there to be able to fill that stadium eventually, right? Yeah, correct. And, you know, it's um, people love to, people like winners and you know obviously we won our first game at home against Seattle and then they, they, people just get involved and then they see the results but then when we won against San Diego there was more people there and then as I said to you previously that the Giltinis attract people to, to watch rugby because they've got so many you know great 
football. So many great players that are actually playing MLR that have had, you know, very, very uh, successful careers. So, um, yeah, look, it's, you know, that's that's part of the reason that I, I came here originally when I decided to come and had, was lucky enough to be involved. So it's all about, for me, it's about those pathways and those people coming to games and developing rugby you know, and developing domestic players in this in this in USA to be able to be the the Bronson Tellers and the Connor Mooninghams and these guys who tell wonderful stories. And you know, here's a guy who his first professional gig at 24 or 25. Um, you know, we consider you know where you come from, Ty. You, you consider a guy who's 24 or 25 and hasn't played rugby before. Well. You don't give him much chance because no. we play rugby when we're eight. So right. it's a big difference, you know, and these kids, you know, probably a lot of pressure on these kids to to, to do that, but it's, I'm glad to see they've come out the other end so far and they're doing really well and they tell a good story, you know. Kids from Texas went to university, want to play professional rugby. It's an easy sell. Absolutely. And it's great to see. And we're so happy that all these young players are doing well. So, Paul, we're at the last question. And it kind of, you know, I think it plays again. You know, we've asked you a lot of questions because we know you've had a lot of experience at many levels, at clubs that were at different levels, at, you know, your experience at different levels. Um, so this one is actually, I think, going to be a good question. Um, run, pass or kick. Uh, the MLR is at a, is a critical component to raising the bar for the United States to be more competitive at the international level. How long do you think the league will have to be around and, and exist um, before we see that professionalism in the MLR pay dividends and push the Eagles to tier one status? Oh, look, mate, you know, it's a, you know, um, I see there's so much potential. Uh, and as if, if the Eagles, you know, you'd be in a, a terrific position. To, to grab the ball and, and run forward because of the MLR is just everyone's talking about it, you know, like people at home and obviously um, through different networks and different um, communication, you can actually see the games now. And I've got a lot of friends at home that actually get the opportunity with the time difference to watch the games. And look, you know, it's a great position to be in because, as I said, there's so much talent. There's a great pool of pool of sort of underpinning players that probably even haven't reached the, the, the level of where they need to be for MLR. So, you know, it's um, it's a great position to be in and, and the, the MLR is growing and growing and, and you know, but this condition needs to keep functioning and needs to have the high-level games they're having for, you know, it's like anything, isn't it? Yeah, business probably going to lose money for the first year and it's a slow growth. So, you know, you'd be looking... With the MLR and, and with what's happening with all the academies and, and rug, underpinning rugby around the USA, you, you probably look at, you know, not this World Cup, but maybe the one after. So we're probably looking at a four-year cycle. And, then, you know, with everything that's been done by, by a lot of people in the organisation in the US, USA rugby and with the assistance of World Rugby and MLR and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, I think done the right way, it's untapped potential, I think. But it's obviously got to be, you know, a, a plan, four or five-year plan to get where you need to be. But as I said, the MLR is, is, a, is a major cog in that wheel. So um, it needs to be successful. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why uh, we on the show here continue to be able to try and share it because there are so many partners to that success. And one of the most crucial of them all, apart from the organizations, the league, the players, is the fans, right? So do what you can to be able to get out there and support your team, whether it's going to go purchase some merch from shopmlr.com to show your appreciation for your team, whether it be to be able to get bums in seats or bring a friend along, whatever it is, make sure that you do your part as a fan because you may think it might be a small contribution, but if we all make that small contribution, it makes a greater difference uh, across the league. And I want to remind all of those viewers at home that as we kind of come into our injury time here, we're going to give Paul a moment uh, and give him the mic, so to speak, to send a shout out to anybody important to him, friends, family, uh, the organization, whoever he wishes it to be. But I also want to remind you before we hand it over to him, that if you like what we do, uh, you can tell us that by dropping a comment below. Let us know anything that we've spoken about here, what your thoughts are, and perhaps we'll be sharing it on our next episode uh, when we bring it up in our next rant. Uh, but of course, you can like, subscribe, follow, rate, and review us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you can find us through all of your social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, under the same handle at Rugby Rant Pod, in addition to listening to us with your favorite audio podcast streaming services and uh again that is under the handle at rugby rant pod so as i mentioned a moment ago paul i want to hand the mic to you you've been such a gracious guest that we want you give you the opportunity and give you the floor to send a shout out to anybody important a message out to the fans whoever it may be the floor is yours my friend well thanks boys well firstly you know i really appreciate you having me on the rugby rant it's uh you guys are doing a terrific job and trying to Get the get the game to the people, I guess, and uh, you know it's pleasure to be on the show and be able to tell a few stories and a few experiences. And uh, I, I don't think I kick too many, but um, that's even better because you know it gets me. Scott would disagree. He said you pick them all to him. You know. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry, mate. Which I'm fine oh, sorry, with, I'll by the way. I won't do it again if I'm important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we've got that Southern Hemisphere connection, you know. See, exactly. For the first time, I feel like i got some, some kindred spirit on the show with me from the Southern Hemisphere against these Northern Hemisphere, yeah. uh, uh, you know, banter. <laughs> yeah, we've got to stick together, mate. Right, there's so few of us. <laughs> anyway, exactly. so continue, apart please. From that, you... Yes. Um, so apart from you guys for telling a great story and giving me the opportunity to be on the show, obviously a shout out to Australia. Um, you know, my wife in Brisbane, and uh, you know, my mum's my mum's getting on a bit in years now. So obviously, you know, there was a little bit of worry about with the COVID and stuff, but everything's fine at home. So a big shout out to them. Obviously, you know, out to the Cats organisation, they've got a wonderful ownership management team and. Everyone's working hard to achieve results and, and we're all working to the same thing. Obviously got a great coaching and medical staff, you know. Um, they're, they're sort of they're sort of the, the people that no one talks about, you know, but I couldn't do without them. You know, I've got some great people there. Obviously we've got a great squad um, moving forward and, and, you know, those guys work hard every day. And um, so it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a good opportunity. Uh, as I said, I appreciate it. And, 
the, the you shout out to the fans. You know, the Sabre Cats fans, they come from all over the place and, you know, they, you see them yelling and screaming and having fun and there's a little kids running around and it's a great atmosphere there at Aviva at a home game. So big shout out to the fans and look, just, you know, keep the faith and keep coming and uh, we're just going to go forward from here and, you know, Utah next week and then we've got a bye and then we're at NOLA and then we've got our next home game. So, look, um want to say thanks to them and just, you know, Keep coming out and keep yelling and screaming and cheering for the Sabercats. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, boys. Thanks. And before we go, we have another quick shout-out. So the people that are in the Chicago area, again, you know, Rob likes to give us little tidbits. Rugby Illinois is having a combine for middle school and high school rugby players. So that's this Saturday, April 24th at Lions for Hope. Uh, Alliance for Hope Sports Sports Complex, excuse me, 2637 West Polk Street in Chicago, Illinois. It runs from one to five. They will have specific time slots for the age groups, you know, middle separating by middle school, then high school girls and high school boys. Um, if you want to go and uh, sign up for that combine, um, you can get more information and contact T, the letter T, Keen. So that's T-K-E-A-N at RugbyIllinois.org. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, great to be able to see rugby flourishing in a potential MLR city like Chicago. And uh, on that note, we want to be able to once again thank all of you for watching this episode here of the Run Parcel Kick interview with your team from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. On behalf of Paul Healy, myself, Ty Braga, Scott Ferrara, and of course, Rob Hammerschmidt, in his absence, we thank you for watching this and we will see you at the next. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.